Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Culture. Hi guys, welcome to a new winter, Colts and Culture. And today uh, we're going to do another three hits and a shit. And as always, I'm here with Dan. Hi Dan. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. And how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Um, do you notice anything different about me? Um, you've, <laughs> you've had a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> to go along with the, um, gender transplant. Yeah, exactly. Ah, you're a woman no. now. Um, <laughs> no, Dan's, uh, upgraded his audio. <laughs> yeah. Experience. Do I sound, I don't know, clearer, sexier, more professional perhaps? Yeah. Get the full range of your dynamic voice. So today I shot my first YouTube video um, for the planned Dreadful Discs YouTube series. Did you really? Series. So it's all happening now that I've got my um, Blue Yeti. What was that about then? What was the episode on? Um, it was on an unboxing of a shipment of records I got from Australia and then specifically spoke about one of them. Right. But um, I'll come to that later. Um, what have you been up to? Well, I just, so the reason why we haven't put an episode in a while is because I was in Menorca on holiday. And, um, yeah, and I've had, I've had a lovely time, lovely time out there. It was all very sunny and nice and with the kids and the family. Um, but yeah, on the way, on the way back. Um, oh, there was an accident, you said. There was an accident on the plane, yeah. And, an accident. Uh, it was. Did you do a shit? <laughs> they Did had to shit? turn the plane around. <laughs> I can't imagine that. Like everyone like putting that out on the <laughs> on the um, messaging. Yeah, I'm afraid <laughs> the gas in the cabin is too excessive for us to fly. And those oxygen masks just full, like nothing's happening. The plane's not like rumbling in turbulence. Just the oxygen masks <laughs> like come down. No, it was actually you know slightly serious. So what happened was uh, we were you know sitting on the plane, whatever, fine. Um, and as it was, you know, as you hear the engine start to rev up, um, I could see like some kid was kind of like a few rows ahead 
was standing up, like looking the other way and crying and getting all upset and whatever. And then I looked around at um, Edie to make sure she was all right. And then apparently yeah. the dad during that time where I had my head turned, the dad of that other kid had got up and swapped seats. Now bear in mind, it's like gearing up. You know what happens like when a plane gears up? There's like a couple of seconds really until it starts going, you know, down the runway. And the yeah. air stewardess by this point had got up to tell him to go sit down and whatever. And um, I'm looking out the window at ED. All of a sudden I feel like something against my shoulder and my knee. I'm like, the fuck is that? Because I'm sitting at the end of the row in the middle um, next to the aisle. And um, yeah, she's gone, fuck, I look around and she, because by that point the plane is now at like a whatever, 45 degree angle. So it's going up. She's launched yeah. back and she smashed her head against the back of the um, plane. She's just like, like a missile just hit the, hit the back. Shit, really? Yeah. So, and she's out. She's out cold. So we're still going up and everyone's like freaking out. Like, you know, fuck, is she all right? But obviously no one is going to get up or can get up really. Cause you know, you're supposed to one, have your seatbelt on two. You're at that angle. Cause you're getting that initial, you know, at speed and g-force up and whatever so we're trying to like get the attention anyway we're up in the air we're flying over the ocean and finally the other air stewardesses come come back and she's still out out cold and they're like yeah we have to turn the plane around so they turn the plane around and um all the paramedics come on board they take her out and um they take her to the hospital and she'd sat up by that point so i imagine she was a bit more more with it and then we were just sitting in the plane for ages and they were like, yeah, flight's cancelled. <laughs> like we haven't got anyone here to replace her and all of us have, um, uh, will be going over the legal uh, working um, hours. So yeah, time, sorry, we're going to have to, you know, put you up for the night. And it was literally like pandemonium because there were so many families and obviously everyone, and by this point it was getting late. So everyone wanted to like, make sure they were okay and, you know, had somewhere to mm. sleep and, you know, make sure the kids were right and to have, like, travel cots and things like that. And luckily we were kind of, like, on it as much as possible. And, um, yeah, they booked a flight for 10 a.m. the next morning and sent us to some <laughs> shitty resort, like, an hour away, but we're like, whatever, I'll just go to sleep. And actually it was, it was okay, like, the, pl- the place that we slept was fine and the kids were fine. Yeah. Um, so that was all right. And then, um, yeah, uh, the next morning um on the on the coach over because it's about a 45 minute drive on this coach adeline my youngest who's one um threw up all over tess like prop at my wife <laughs> proper chucked up like tons of it so we're trying to like clear all that up i'm just like oh, this is fucking great um and yeah and then we had to get to the airport and then sort them out and then the flight was delayed again only for like half an hour but you know you're just like oh i just want to get home um and yeah, and the rest of it's boring. The rest of it was fine. And apparently the woman was fine. Um, she just got knocked out and uh, she was discharged. Um, discharged. Let that be yeah. a lesson to people because that's obviously what they like try and warn you against. Yeah. But you just, I don't know, you just think it doesn't happen. Yeah, well, we Never were saying... anything like that happen before. No, I mean, we were saying how it, like, surely as an air stewardess, even if that's happening, you don't get up. But I think she just thought she might have time to get there and back to her seat before it goes up in the air because it's like just wait until you have that initial that's the thing like you're going at that speed and then kicking off that's gonna yeah throw you down um so yeah i mean i don't know what the protocol is for something like that um but i think as well it's because the mum had a baby anyway this fucking guy um 
was just getting evils the whole time. Like, huh. and it was all like the same flight. It's the same people, obviously, on the, um, as in the same, uh, customers on the flight in the morning as well. And everyone was just like staring daggers at him. Um, huh. what dick. Uh, so yeah, but apart from that, it was fine. But yeah, it just meant that, you know, we lost a day basically. Um, which is a bit annoying because I was going to do more, uh, podcast stuff. Um, and like I'm doing a, uh, for the Patreon thing, I'm going to do an exclusive Tron episode and wanted to get that done and put up, um, but I haven't had time to do that. So yeah, keep on the lookout for that. Oh, people just going to have to wait. Just going to have to just wait. Have to wait. Damn you. While you're dealing with all that drama, I've been deep in the back catalogue of the Bee Gees reveling in their historic works. I spent the weekend um, transferring some old videotapes for my 92-year-old great aunt onto DVD um, before they're cast into a um, landfill, probably. Not a band I'd ever really um, been overly exposed to beyond the uh, the core hits, classics. I was going to say, was there any like standout tracks that you hadn't heard before? You're like, you know, not one of the hits, where you're like, oh, this is actually... Well, Dan, did you know... <laughs> That it was probably, I was thinking, it was probably about 10 years ago, actually, when I think about it, um, mm. that I was asked to front a Bee Gees support band. <laughs> <laughs> who's the main guy? Who's the front uh, main guy? Uh, Barry Gibb. Barry Gibb, right? The, the real high-pitched singing one, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, I was asked to be him in, I just got a contact on my, uh, I think it was MySpace, so we really are going back a bit. Um so it might have even been later than 10 years, uh, on the Pistol Gang um, page. And yeah. said, oh, um, I heard your stuff and whatever. And we something like, we liked your look. I can't remember what it was. And that's what I remember, some, whatever it was, like sticking out in my head. Because I was like, I look like him. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you like my look that is like Barry Gibb, apparently. Um, so they wanted you, hang on, they wanted you in the Bee Gees in the, to replace Barry yeah, Gibb? no. This apparently, I went on, I Googled them. I can't remember their name now. It's so long ago, but, um, I Googled them and, the, and it's the classic thing of like, uh, one of the top BG, uh, not support acts, um, tribute acts of all time. And like, you know, when it's like sensational from start to finish says <laughs> South End <laughs> Deco, <laughs> Kent Times or something like that. Um, and it was all that kind of stuff. And what were they called? I can't remember. The BJ. Yeah, something like that. Like it was some pun on the name. And um yeah, so I wrote back going, uh, I'm not that interested. <laughs> um, I don't really know many of their songs, but um yeah, like what kind of what's the money situation? Just basically being like is this a well paying <laughs> gig? Yeah. Um, but also I remember looking at the pictures and the other guys were like the age of the Bee Gees or whatever. They were like, huh. like mid forties probably or whatever. Um, at that point, which is, you know, doing the Bee Gees a favor by saying they're that age. But, um, <clears throat> and I remember thinking I'm, I would look really young. <laughs> like it would be me and like my two dads or something. Behind <laughs> me, um, when we're supposed to be brothers. Uh, uh so yeah, I never went for it, but, um, could have been good. Yeah, Shame. who knows? I bet you regret that now, of course. Of course. I don't, there was something, there's part of me, and even at the time I was like, you know, I'll just flirt with the idea of it because um, I can sing that high if I really if I really want to. Yeah. Um, so, oh, yeah. I've, I've heard you. <laughs> you could, 
I reckon you could outdo them. Honestly, some of these um, performances I was watching with the Bee Gees like in the late 90s, so ropey. They're trying to hit those high notes, but they've just got like no power in their voice. Oh, it's coming out like a rather. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, dear. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. Great songwriters, though. Really? Yeah. I mean, like, I remember watching, um, and I think it was researching for, for that, actually, um, like the other BG songs or whatever, and thinking, yeah. there's some, like, real. Um, don't know what the word for it is like epic kind of like ballads basically yeah yeah in there yeah and they wrote a lot of songs for other people and then um so you don't you don't quite realize maybe like how huge their catalog of hits is it's one of those things that have been a lot there yeah there's a lot there for you to explore (laughs) and perform (laughs) i know i should uh maybe that's something we could do just do a bg special (laughs) go over i thought you meant to do it i thought you meant to do a bg's tribute (laughs) head so much Gibb. especially now like i'm massive now compared to what i was then i'd be like elvis on like this last performance like this fucking tight white tight white fucking play suit or whatever he had all the way down to like my stomach with my like, moves hanging out i'm not that bad but um that's what i feel like well i think that sounds absolutely sensational we could take it to all of the uh popular british seaside resorts and sell out <laughs> yeah well let's see how well it did for this other band and um <clears throat> yeah go from there so there's got to be more money in it than uh, than there is in this yeah, yeah. more money <laughs> does anyone even like i think that you know the bg's um audience is kind of it's kind of drifting away into like the, the Deathsville, if you know what I mean. There's, there's not really a continuing ask for them as such until someone does well, a like Queen or yeah Elton John uh, movie biopic on the Bee Gees, and then it will suddenly be all the rage again. Yeah, well, my great aunt's still really into it, so well she can Bournemouth, come. That's where it's happening. <laughs> if it sounds right, that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I don't know about you, but. I haven't picked any Bee Gees songs this week. No, neither have I. What a surprise. And I wouldn't know if it was a hit <laughs> or a shit. Um, yeah, so and people don't know. Um, what we do is we uh, select uh, three hits uh, and a shit. Uh, so three tracks we like and a track that we hate um, for the other person who has not heard them. And then we discuss it afterwards. So it can be old tracks, new tracks, weird tracks, whatever the hell we want. Um, a real smorgasbord of stuff. Uh, mm, so yum yum. Yeah. Um, so Dan, except for the shitty bit. Ugh. Except for the shitty bit. But then someone's no one, shit. No one wants to. It's another find man's some shit on. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't want that on your smorgasbord. <laughs> Pile of shit. <laughs> yes. Uh, sorry, waiter. Um, yeah. Thank you for this. Uh, just wondering, what is this bit in the corner? Um, sir, that is the shit freshly prepared this morning uh, by our chef. He does the best shits in the house. Uh, you try it. You tell me if you like. It. I feel so embarrassed. I'd be like obliged to eat it. <laughs> Case of causing offence. Thanks. Mmm, i a That shit really was shit. <laughs> Compliments <laughs> to the asshole. Uh, 
Well, um, are you still going to do the Spotify playlist for people to listen along? Because we don't actually play the songs, do we? Yeah. So if you go to Instagram page of A New Winter, which is at A New Winter, uh, there's a link there. Or you can just type it into Spotify, three hits and a shit. And we've spelt, we've got a little star as an I, A New Winter, Cults and Culture. Even if you type that in, it'll come up and it's a playlist um, where we I've just put on all the songs that we talk about each episode. So, yeah, go and take a look and you can have uh, list all the songs. And basically, it's obviously if they're only on Spotify. So if they're not, then you have to Google them yourself. I've got a really... I've, I've been in it. There's a certain tonal consistency throughout my songs today, I think. Um, but, yeah, go ahead. This is my number one for Dan. Here we go. So, <laughs> um, that was really good. Like a good song to kick off the show, I think. Um, it's that like mysterious, hazy, kind of dramatic music that I associate quite well, strongly with you. Um, yeah. Is there a name for this genre? It's always just like shoegazy indie <laughs> pop. Both yeah, I, I don't actually know. But <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Um, it made me think of, so I finally got around um, this week to watching the recent Twin Peaks. Um, I watched the first four episodes. Um, yes. I was just imagining this band on stage playing at the end of one of those episodes. Yeah, it's that, like, that it's very apt. It's got that vibe. Do you know who it is? No. Um, so they're a band called... Uh, the Twilight Sad, mm-hmm. Scottish band, which you probably heard through their singing. And um, yeah, it's called Last January. And I heard, um, this was the first song I heard off that album, which I think was you know, a few years old now. And I don't know why, but I was just like, that like weird guitar play, like that guitar chord essentially. And then that weird ghostly, synth bit yeah just that coming together i was just like i don't know why just i was like mesmerized by it uh-huh. and every time when it finished i was like i've got to listen to it again like that was i loved it and i don't you know it just really resonated some for some reason um and uh you know the idea that you're too old uh was it or to care for your own or whatever um and all that it's just like there's that real real sadness to it and all their songs are kind of tinged with that you know, sadness as such, but I went to see them live mm. and like the guy was like crying um, oh my God. in between songs. He said at the time, I can't remember where it was. It's in like the Scala or something like that in London. Um, I think he said that it was the biggest gig that they'd done um, at that point or whatever. Um, yeah. But he was just like crying on stage, which is fine. Like, And I quite like it's Their whole sound is, you know, very melodramatic, emotional. Yeah. Way. Was he just um, overwhelmed and, by the response? Yeah, I think so. Mm. And I can understand that. Like, you know, one of the kind of put your heart on your sleeve a little bit. Yeah. And people are kind of, you know, giving it back to you as such. Um, but yeah, it was a real like emotional. Like afterwards, I was like, I felt, you know, usually you feel like physically sick. I'm um, exhausted oh. or whatever. Yeah, it's sick. But um, with that one, I was like emotionally like mm. exhausted. I came out thinking like, that was heavy. Like, did you cry? It was good. And it was jubilant. I didn't cry. But like when mm. I saw him crying, I was like, man, that, you know, it's 
starting, it's getting me on the way. <laughs> it's having a good cry. Have you ever um, cried on stage? No. No? Not Out of frustration, I've been close. <laughs> um when we played uh in epsom and the whole amp situation and the <laughs> fact that i couldn't even we're in this gazebo and so like in the top of the gazebo was like in front of my face <laughs> and the stage didn't go in front of it so i was like <laughs> having to kind of like put my poke my head out <laughs> to, You're like, to see anyone i can um <laughs> quietly shed a tear without anyone noticing <laughs> <laughs> a pearly penis tear <laughs> um no one would know uh so yeah what do you think did you like it is it not really for you i know it's a classic kind of sam track as yeah such, yeah but, no yeah. i really liked it um i'm just looking i've got some of their stuff on my computer here i think i've heard bits right. and pieces but i've never sat down and listened to a whole album um i think you asked me to one of those gigs twilight sad once you had to a ticket or something yeah. and i couldn't go so that's a shame. Maybe it was that show where he cried. It, was, it, was, it might have been that show. I think I've seen them twice, but I think I've only been to one of their, where they're headlining, if you know what I mean. Mm. So it's probably that. Um, okay, cool. Well, yeah, I'm going to give uh, your first track a listen now. Anything I should know before I start? Um, no, only that actually I've only heard it once. So um, this is going to be interesting for me as well. say it is like the, the truth like the previous song was very much me i would think this is very much dan yeah. it's a dan hit um yeah. <laughs> i've no idea who it was um i did i did like it there was part of me that was like eh, it's a little long it's a little bloated like mm. i'm kind of getting it you know and it's just it's kind of that same riff again and again which is fine um I was like, yeah, trim like a minute off it and I'd be a bit more inclined to like listen to it again. And maybe that's just me being, you know, living in 2019. But um, yeah, it was uh, quite dirty and broad um, in a good way and a bit weird as well. Uh, but it's not something I would probably go out of my way to listen to, mm. especially for the fact that it is that little bit longer than I would have liked it. To have been but um yeah i didn't i didn't dislike it i thought it was yeah it was all right cool um yeah dirty and weird that's me all over really um i think <laughs> if um i can see i was thinking to myself while i was listening to this like oh it's going on a bit um although in the context of an album listening experience i think that's part of the appeal right um and for me like for a lot of this music is some of that repetitive like grinding something into you yeah i really like that riff um so this song is called dot 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 Mm -hmm. by the band hepatitis Um, and it's from their 
album that just came out a few weeks ago, which okay. I bought an LP called Blue Fat Pussy. Um, <laughs> and Hepatitis are... So they're a band that I really like, and I try to pick up most of their new releases. Um, are they new? I know you said this album's new, but are they a new band? They've been around for mm, maybe like six years or something. Okay. And it's Kevin who was the bassist in Cows and then was in the Melvins. So that's why I'm kind of into them. Um, there's that Melvins connection. And I just think what he's doing in this band, so it's him, another guy, and the drummer from Quee. Um, right. But on that track, you've got Dale Crover as a guest drummer. Oh, really? Our man, okay. our man Dale, yeah. Relevant. Um, to the the fact that we just did an episode on Nirvana's Bleach album, by the way, where, where Dale played some of the drums, for the people who don't know. Yeah, uh, he always pops up like in my um, in my kind of like catalogue. Um, yeah, I really I think what he's doing is a lot more to me like this a lot more interesting than you know what the Melvins have been doing themselves for the last oh, really fifteen and definitely last ten years. Because um, yeah, I've been listening to a lot of Hepatitis and then another ex Melvins bassist, Mark D. Um, his stuff's really good and interesting in a different way. Mm-hmm. And then I go back and like. Like the Melvins themselves have done two solo albums, which were really good. Mm-hmm. But the the Melvins releases over the last few years have been really disappointing. Um, so I don't know if if there are other like people who like the Melvins. Um, I always say to them like, if you're not into what they've been doing recently, you should check out Hepatitis. Interesting. Um, that's probably one of the more um, accessible tracks. I'd say sometimes it gets really weird. Oh. <laughs> That sounds horrible. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> okay, nice one. Uh, that's a good little tip for any uh, Melvins fans out there as well. Um, so we will move on to my number two. And, oh, no, not that again. Uh, <laughs> we already discussed that at the top of the show. <laughs> it's made its way all the way from Minorca, and I've got it here um, in a plastic bag. Oh, oh <laughs> Damn it, I left the top open. Oh, it's gone uh, everywhere. No. Oh, no. It's gone over the, we gonna... the chocolate that I bought for my mum, and now I can't distinguish what's what. <laughs> they were going to put that in the museum as well. The number two that stopped transatlantic flight. <laughs> yeah. Worse than the French strike. <laughs> <laughs> in traffic management or whatever. Um, uh, um, should we listen to your second song? Second song. Here we go. Mm. But before we do, let's take a quick break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. What do you think? Um, it was very shimmery and <laughs> glittery and dreamy and mysterious. And again, it could have been an episode of Twin Peaks. Um, yeah. It was not, there wasn't as much going on as in the first song. Um, yeah. But it obviously it was shorter, so it kind of like didn't outstay its welcome. I don't know, it kind of passed over me a little bit. I think I'd have to listen to it a few more times to really um, maybe get like the emotional hook of the song kind of like what i was saying at the top of the episode it's kind of a tonal thing Mm. so um it's by they're called black marble and i believe it's just two blokes basically from new york and it's called uh woods i think it's called and it's from the album um it's immaterial the whole album is very much like that and it's kind of that part of you know like how early aerial pink it's a little bit like that where it's a bit dreamy it's a bit lo-fi and I quite, I quite like that, you know, subgenre of like electronic music. Yeah. Uh, quite recently, I went on a bit of a um, rabbit, you know, down a rabbit hole with trying to find some like new stuff to listen to. And I came across this and I was just like, it just, yeah, it just, as you said, kind of like washed over me a bit. And I just quite enjoyed it. And it reminded me, this is going to sound a bit lame. It mm. reminded me of... The Bee um, There was basically a phase in the Bee Gees. <laughs> There was basically a phase where I was going around America for work and whatever, mm. and I was in like California or whatever, and um, New York and all these spots, and I was getting deep into things like uh, Vondel Park and Washed Out and whatever, which has a very um, specific sound, and it reminds me of that. So when I listen to it, it kind of takes me back to those times. Um, so it's kind of a nostalgic appeal for me to it, mm. which is why I like it. But I think generally coming into it, it's quite inoffensive and just quite nice to listen to. Um, but there's no, as you said, there's no real like hook. It's not saying something or anything like that. And the whole album's a bit like that as well. And it's it's one of those albums which you listen to from beginning and end and you'll think that was nice and you might put it back on again. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like oh, it's nice having the background if you're having like a little 
party or gathering where you just want a bit more of a chill vibe yeah and still appear slightly cool um because they're still relatively unknown uh i mean this was from 2016 i think that album is um you know it's a fairly recent i think they just released a new album um recently or maybe they've got one coming up um but yeah so if you like that i would you know all that kind of music i'd recommend checking them out it sounds like um you know you're saying you were listening to mind you the states it's kind of like late night driving music as well i think yes exactly and it's very to me then it's quite american in a way because you get a lot of of that kind of like born out of these like huge distances that you have to cover when you're driving it's just that you know, like you can imagine the light shimmering through the rain on the windscreen kind of music. Yeah, and it's and not, not sounding like a dick too much, but I had a lot of that. And it's an American radio music, you know, even though I was kind of listening to my own stuff. But generally speaking, like you listen to some great stuff on American radio. Um, like not only do they have like, I mean, you probably know this already, not only do they have like stations dedicated to just bands, like a Pearl Jam station. Oh, right. And all this stuff yeah. like they have ones dedicated to like genres obviously sub-genres and but they don't just play you know it's just compared to our radio over here it's just so much better but also they just don't play um the hits they'll play like tracks off the album that you might not have heard and stuff like that you know what i mean so like if you're yeah. driving around and you're like oh, listening to like a rock station even if it's like heavy rock or metal or whatever you're still kind of listening to it because you're thinking yeah, they're playing stuff that I probably wouldn't have heard before. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's so safe, our um, broadcasting in this country. It probably used to be really cool, you know, before they got rid of all the pirate stations. <laughs> now it's all yeah, just but like... people could do it now if they wanted to, but it's just, it's no, it's no real appeal for it, is there? People aren't that bothered. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know, we could get into a bigger debate about the state of the music industry, especially over here. Um it's the fact that, you know, we had the MTV Video Awards the other day. Got no idea who won. No one cares. Mm. Don't know any of the artists anyway. Um, but now, like, I'm so out. It was one of those things where you were in the loop whether you liked it or not because it was everywhere. Yeah. Um, but now I'm just so out of the loop with stuff like that. Mm. And it doesn't interest me at all. We are um, old, though. And also we're old. <laughs> kind of happens. We, you know, we remember... You know, we were alive when MTV started. <laughs> yeah. I remember the first band on MTV, Bay City Rollers. Was it? No. Oh. <laughs> I know, it's Video Killed the Radio Star, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, back then, we used, to, we used to watch MTV in black and white in front of a roaring fire and watch Daniel O'Donnell <laughs> and a skiffle band. <laughs> I want to say Video Killed the Radio Star. Is that, I think Hans Zimmer was part of that <laughs> No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Are you sure? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, <laughs> it sounds cool though, I like it. <laughs> wasn't it awesome. someone famous who was in Video Killed or, play, or played on that song? The Buggles. Is that the band who sang it? Yeah, The Buggles. Trevor Horn was probably the, the big dude. Right. He's the big producer dude now, isn't he? Yeah, Hans Zimmer been? was in the Buggles. What? No, he wasn't. Hans Hans Zimmer can be briefly seen wearing black playing a keyboard. But that's news to me. That's blown my mind. So, yeah, okay, well, I'm going to play your number two track now. Lovely. Uh, let's listen. 
say, you know that smorgasbord we were talking about earlier? <laughs> Imagine some bread on that smorgasbord. Yeah. Should we break it in an act of friendship? <laughs> and smother it with the shit that's been placed directly next to it, which is this song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God. It's so like, it's funny because you kind of chose a weird 80s thing. That wasn't your, that was your hit, wasn't it, last week? So I'm like, hair, metal, it, and that was an 80s either. Um, oh. I said last week, the last episode of uh, this that we did. And this is in that same vein where I'm just like, I just don't get it. Like, I don't like it. I don't get it. I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Who was it? That was the Melvins. From their fuck off, from their 2018 album Pincus Abortion Technician. What? So yeah, just to highlight the point I was making earlier, threw this out there. That is dire. I don't know what they're doing. I just don't get it. So Pincus Abortion Technician, um, just to be clear, it's a proper full studio album. Um, but a lot of the songs, well, there's two Butthole Surfers covers on there. And then a lot of the other songs right. are written by their occasional um, bassist, Jeff Pincus, who was in the Butthole Surfers. Um, so it's kind of like they went, uh, you can just do your own thing for this album. Um, but f- why they've done that, I don't know. It's like they've got to a point where they're so comfortable, like, you know, and they release a lot of stuff all the time. And they know that what they're going to do will sell and there's an audience and it's like quality control's just gone out the window. Mate, it's really bad. Yeah. That's, like, I don't even know what to say. Like, the whole point of bands like the Melvins was to get rid of music like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's depressing. Now, it, it's like, what are they doing? Are they are they doing it ironically? No. Well, you, when you listen to that, you're like, this has got to be tongue-in-cheek. And maybe it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but there's so much of that kind of stuff. Uh, on the album and and some other releases recently as well that I don't think so. Oh, that's tragic. That's really like mm, made me feel weird. <laughs> so I was watching um, weirdly some, watching some YouTube videos um, a little while ago with like Buzz doing did like a little solo tour, didn't he? Of um, it's acoustic stuff yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, and I watched some of that, and then I just kind of went down a little bit of a YouTube rabbit hole again and watching some other bits and pieces. Um, and also because I know that, you know, you, you like them a lot. And I was like, yeah, you know, some in- interesting um, stuff here. And I quite like Buzz anyway, like as a character slash person. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, hearing this just makes me think, oh, I don't know, it's like not computing in my head. Yeah, it's weird because back in the day as well, um, when they were releasing stuff that I really liked, like um, for me, like, high watermark for them was... Uh, Hostile Ambient Takeover in 2001, uh, mm-hmm. Pigs of the Roman Empire 2002. And I remember him saying stuff like, because back then, like, the kind of like more pure metal guys that got into them probably in the 90s were like, oh, this is terrible, too weird, experimental. And he was kind of like, we know what we're doing, we're professionals and we're very good. So just kind of like stop questioning it and come along with yeah, us. Yeah, get on board with it. Yeah. Um, and I've had him kind of like, say the same thing over the last few years about the material they're doing now and it's kind of like uh, i don't know what's going on <laughs> i don't believe you anymore yeah, yeah I don't, it's weird well all right well, that's something to think about <laughs> <laughs> sorry to um yeah sorry to put everyone it's not out. your shit then is it your shit 
Yeah, hell yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. So just because it might be Melvin's, you might automatically <laughs> yeah. just get a free pass or something. Default position on the Melvin's. No, that, they ain't get away with that. Well, it's interesting, Dan, because um, something's coming up for your number three song. Mm. Um, so have a listen. Okay, cool. You say, can we still be friends? Wow. Um, oh, I don't know what to think about that. That's confusing. Well, f- well firstly, do you recognise the song? No. Okay, well, the, the song is Arcade Fire, Ready to Start. Huh. That's the, that's the, but this is a cover of that song. So that's definitely Roland singing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, you've, you've dated it, so, so it's definitely like Tears for Fears. Yeah, Tears for Fears covering... They were, I don't know if you vaguely remember, but they went through a period fairly recently where they just got back together or whatever, yeah. where they were just covering covering different kind of indie hits, as it were. And um, this is one of them, ready to start. Yeah, I don't think so, I've heard any of that stuff. Yeah, well, okay. Well, tell me, tell me your thoughts on what you just said. I really liked it when it began with the kind of like strings and then like that little kind of like pong sounding beat. Um, and then Roland's voice, I was like, yes. Uh, although then it was like a little bit over-processed. And then mm-hmm. I was kind of like, oh, this is this could be really good. This has kind of got a nice classic Tears for Fears vibe. I didn't pick up on the Arca- Arcade Fire um, link. Um, I was just thinking, oh, this is a, a Roland-written song. Um, and then it kind of went into that, it was almost like a modern take on 80s music. <laughs> So rather yeah. than like, oh, I'm going to do some really good 80s Tears for Fears type production, it was like, I'm just going to do what everyone else is doing to make it sound like it's the 80s, which I was like, I don't think that sounds that good. And then that really fast beat came in and I was like, oh, no, didn't like that. Mm-hmm. And then it went back. There was that cool little kind of like bridging part. And then it went back to those strings again. And, and then I was like, yeah, actually, I do like this. <laughs> Interesting, because yeah, when I f- it's so I I like Arcade Fire, <clears throat> yeah, likewise, and like yeah, and I like this song as well, and I'm just thinking, and there's always part of me which is just like sometimes you know you can take a good song and you hear it done by someone else and it sounds a bit shit and you realise there's an element, I mean this is pretty obvious, but where like the artist is kind of bringing something to it, and this is one of those things where I'm like, why they've chosen a good Arcade Fire song and they've done their own take on it and not added anything to it whatsoever. Like, it's not, yeah, mm. as you said, like, with that weird like drum and bass backing track, it's like, well, that's dated already. Like, Yeah, that was blur. No one uses stuff like that. It's like when, you know, David Bowie did Heathen or whatever. Oh, God. Um, a Little Wonder oh. and all that. Oh, um, Earthling. Earthling, sorry. Yeah. And... Um, when Roland, because it's Kurt singing, I think, 
And then when Roland comes in with the no, it's real like crooning, like an old man that's trying to get up. Um, I thought it was Roland throughout. To be honest, I mean it might have been. I'm I thought sure. it was. I thought it was Kurt, and then um, Roland doing that chorus bit. And uh, yeah, I was like, what are they doing? Like, how can they have taken a song which is like pretty great to begin with, and then they've just made it sound really like thin? and huh. awful and taking all the like the bits which give it that you know punch as a song and just stripped it completely and done something really weird with it um, uh, so well you've revealed your hands because i was thinking <laughs> i was thinking what do i think of this and then i was kind of thinking yeah what would sam think of it i, I yeah. thought i thought you won't be in favor of this <laughs> you'd be correct <laughs> you'd be correct uh, in assuming this is my shit um have you heard Tears of Fears version of Ashes to Ashes? I don't think so. That's that might be my favourite David Bowie song as well. That's another one where it's just um, they've added. I mean, it's it's almost like a complete note for note um, recreation. I mean, to the point, it's not bad, but it just sounds like the original, and you kind of think, what was the point? Yeah, that's just it. It's just like just stick. The original compositions, please. But that's yeah. what I mean when you take a band like Tears for Fears, which are known for these big, epic sounds, then you hear something like this, which is an epic song done, you know, not epically. It's like, well, what? Are you, I don't understand how that can happen. <laughs> he's trying to be, you know, he's come back and he's trying to co-opt some of those modern sounds of the kids. Yes. Well, that's just it. I think it's an experimental thing. Like, let's take a new mm. track and do something with it and just see how it goes, which is fine. But mm. it's, I remember when I heard that and these other ones that were popping up, and I was just like, ugh. Be confident in your abilities, Tears for Fears. We want your, yeah. we want your songs and your sound. Jesus. Exactly. But do we? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We just want your old songs. Yeah. So as you're, you're <laughs> rightly regarded, that was my shit. Pooey. Um, yeah. On to, uh, on to the next on to the next. Dan, this is your number three, I believe, then. Numero three-o. <laughs> this is a... really good hey uh, um it reminded me of electrolane um i don't know if you heard of or remember or anything. Uh, again they're one of those ones where i've got some stuff on my computer and i don't think i've quite engaged with it yeah so they did um i think the album was called the power out um and it was probably my favorite album of that year and it's an all-girl band british um and it's quite like intellectual um rock as it were and they've got some f- absolutely fucking cracking tracks on that. I might do it for another one, but um, it's that's it's a similar sound as that. Well, I'm just um, reading something here, and I think there is an Electrolane link to this band. Nice, uh, nice spot. Um, they're that's called good. they're called Trash Kit. Um, okay, you heard of them? Nope. I saw them. Uh, I went and saw Deerhoof last week um, in Hackney, and they were the support band. Oh, really? And I just. 
I just really loved everything about their set. Um, it was a real breath of fresh air. I was feeling really ill as well, and they came on, and um, they just—it was really uplifting. Definitely, like, mm-hmm. made me feel a bit more, a bit more um, compass mentis. Um, really got you in the mood. Yeah, I mean, it didn't quite cure all ills, but uh, I just—I wasn't expecting it, and it was really—it was really upbeat and nice. It was really celebratory. It was like joy, kind of like rolling off the stage, and everyone around me was really into it. I think, and I live. I don't think it quite comes across on this song maybe and i kind of like i haven't quite really listened to the album properly um so i just kind of picked one that sounded kind of good um yeah that's called every second but i was just really impressed and like the drummer's amazing very like expressive drumming switching up styles you know some quite complex kind of like weird kind of like african rhythms in there and um just really like creative and just it felt like she was into it and like it's all flowing out really engaging as well like um the front woman and it was just a lot of fun and i don't think i've seen a support band that i liked that much in years it's interesting yeah i have to check them out because yeah i I absolutely loved electrolane they did um the album after uh the power out um it was one of those ones where it's like this is okay it's not rocking my world as much as the last one um, I think yeah, it's called Axes. The um, their last album. Uh-huh. Actually, so it wasn't the last album; it was the album after the Power Out. And um, I was like, "There's a couple of songs which are pretty good." And then yeah, they did another one which is called No Shouts, No Calls. That wasn't very good. It kind of took a bit of a tumble. And that was just looking. Yeah, that's like ten years ago. And then they reformed about seven years ago, and I think that was it. Um, but really, really, really great band, and it's. A bit more depressing, I would say, than the track you played. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting that, you know, you're saying it's more uplifting and there's an element of joy to it um, because Electrolane always felt with, there was that tinge of sadness or like, you know, some of it was a bit more up, but uh, it's yeah, it sounds like they've taken an interesting turn with that. I think... Um, yeah, I really liked it. I think the original lineup had a member of Electrolane in, but she has left. Right. So um, maybe... <laughs> Maybe she was like dragging around a big bag of bad feelings with her. Yeah, um, it's good though. I, I, you know, if you if you like that sound, just I'd recommend checking the power out anyway. Just, cool. Um, yeah, sit through it. I mean, you can sit through the other stuff, but that album is like, you know, from beginning to end, it's like that was great. And yeah, I'll make sure to check these guys out as well. What's called Trash Can? Trash, Trash Kit. And that's from their album that just came out in July called Horizon. Oh, nice. I have to have a look. Uh, right, Dan, so now we get to the last track of our selection. And uh, this is my number four. So let's have a listen.
after that, Dan. Uh, good night. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Everywhere. I feel like that should just be the end now of the show. <laughs> Not for your life. <laughs> um, that was uh, Grouper, which I believe is just one woman. <laughs> um, she's uh, apparently collaborated with um, Zhuzhu. I don't even know how you say it. XIU, XIU, who I've heard a few times before, who are like a bit experimental. Zhuzhu. Yeah. Um, and have done some good stuff. Um, so she's linked to them. But again, this was kind of like she just popped up as I was searching the world for stuff to listen to. And uh, the track's called I'm Clean Now. I'm not familiar with it. It's the first time I've heard it. I've actually got quite a lot of grouper stuff. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I, I really like it. But obviously it's the kind of music where I kind of forget every now and then <laughs> yeah. I've heard something before. Um, some of the albums are a bit samey. Um, the one that I, I've listened to the most that I really like is Dragging a Dead Deer Up a Hill. Yeah. So um, I think that's the most kind of famous yeah. stuff that she's done. But yeah, I've been meaning to kind of like yeah catch up because i've seen some stuff's come out the last few years and i haven't really um gotten around to it yeah she's performed in london a few times and i've been like oh should go hasn't quite happened yeah okay well yeah this is um i'd I'd probably go to that this is from a 2016 album paradise valley apparently um which i haven't listened to i've only really heard this one track and i just always really like it so i should take a bit of a dive myself as well but yeah find it very relaxing and calm and nice beautiful so yeah you can kind of see there's like a tonal consistency a little bit through my selection today yeah it's a shame really we should have just done your four and then my four because my four have completely disrupted the flow of whatever you were going for <laughs> i've gone like quite heavy and we're about to like end the show now with like some crushing thrash metal <laughs> don't ruin it oh <laughs> oops <laughs> Um, okay, well, let's have a listen anyway. So this is your track number four. And I'm getting ready to be thrashed in the face with a big hard dick of metal. <laughs> So oh. that was Mars for the Rich by. Oh, who do you think? I honestly don't know. <laughs> um, I'll tell you in a minute. What, uh, did you like it? What did you think? Um, I didn't mind it. Uh, did I like it? I'm still not quite sure. Um, I think as far as listening, I think I did like it actually. Like, there's when I look back at some of the bands that. Um, it's a bit of a lame comparison, but like the Datsuns or oh, Wolf Mother, which try and kind of get this like Led Zeppelin kind of sound. And not that this sounds like Led Zeppelin at all, but um, I do like it when it's just like, this is out and out rock, just rock stuff. Yeah. And um, this song is kind of very much like that, like a very 
But, you know, it's, if you play, like, what's a typical, like, rock song? You'd play something like this, maybe. Yeah. Um, so I do like it in that sense. Uh, in terms of that kind of sound, I would say this is um, quite catchy, really. I quite like the guitar riff. And weirdly, I like the vocals as well, which I didn't think I would when I first heard them. And I was like, actually, I do quite like it. It fits it quite nicely. Um, and I can imagine that it'd be quite a, you know, live-wise, it'd be quite a rocking song. Um and it feels quite big, uh, but yeah. So I think I did. I did quite like it. I mean, it's not one of the. the it's not a song that I would, yeah, go out of my way to listen to again. Maybe, um, but it does like pique my interest. Cool. Um, that's really interesting because I was having some of those thoughts myself when I first heard this, mm. and I wasn't quite sure. Um, so it's a song by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard from their new album that came out a couple of weeks ago, Infest the Rat's Nest. Okay. Which, to all intents and purposes, is their kind of thrash metal album. Um, Oh, really? Do you you know the band very well? Uh, I only really know them because um, Rich, our mutual friend Rich, um, kept banging on about them to me I did at it. the same time as yeah at the same time as you were talking about them as well and I did listen to them a bit and I was like yeah I can kind of see the appeal of this but I was like I need to give this like a proper you know listen and I never really did and it kind of fell off the radar a little bit but I remember thinking you know yeah I quite I quite like this but I think it, I just need to kind of you know get into it yeah uh, properly rather than just as I'm walking through London or whatever <laughs> yeah. um, um trying to listen to it and I don't think this is the album for that, uh, if that's the case. Um, but I've become a bit of a giz head, so I've got really quite into them. And all of their albums, like basically they started as like a kind of like psyche, psyche kind of garage rock band. And mm-hmm. over the course of their 15 albums, they've explored basically kind of like every facet you can think of, of like kind of like 70s rock so right. and folk. So there's like, you know, there's like a folky kind of album, there's a like a jazzy, jazz fusion kind of album. They've done like I didn't know that. Yeah, they've done like a country, not country. It was like a kind of like spoken word narrative western album. Um, they've basically they've tackled everything, and you kind of like where where can they go with this? They just kind of need to do an album as themselves at some point. But um, right. yeah, this is like a whole album of kind of kind of that. That's one of the slower songs. There's some really fast stuff, but it's interesting then that you've kind of listened to that as i did and kind of went it's not actually that like extreme it's not really thrash metal it's i mean that to me i was like it sounds kind of like motorhead or something yeah um or like you like when you said like led zeppelin actually this comes quite like mainstream 70s kind of sounding like just heavy rock riffs the vocals initially i was a bit you know like because eh, he doesn't normally sing like that so they've really gone like whole hog here um right. but yeah i'm warming warming to them um but yeah so that's you have to check them out more because yeah that's um i didn't realize they'd done so much yeah 15 albums well because they put five albums out in 2017 fucking hell <laughs> um but this was basically one of the records that i got in my package so um i thought i'll do an unboxing and then i spoke mm. spoke about the new album so there's any king gizzard and lizard wizard fans listening um yeah that's going to be the first episode of my youtube dreadful discs show great when uh, do you think you'll finish putting that together um hopefully it'll be up like this week 
Okay, so yeah, by the time I edit this, it, it might already be out. So um, yeah, send a link and I'll stick it in the show notes for people. Cool. And they can uh, click on it. Lovely, I'd love them to. <laughs> As you'll understand, I'm, I'm a little anxious about this new endeavour, so um, any feedback or positive affirmation would be much appreciated. Well, don't tell them, you know, don't just go looking, fishing for compliments. Well, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Don't get them anywhere else in my life. <laughs> I've got to get something out of this whole endeavour. You know, I'm not, I'm not getting paid by uh, anyone. You know, I don't know That's if true. listeners might not realise, but Sam gets um, $100,000 per year for doing this show. <laughs> um, and all he's given me is a bag of nuts and a limp hand job. <laughs> it wasn't even at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it's every six <laughs> got the nuts six months in <sighs> the limp hand job at christmas that was your bonus <laughs> oh if you could have anything this year dan what would you have <laughs> uh, hand job. another one <laughs> please i wish it could um, be christmas every day so that's that's that what track do you think stood out for you from from my selection obviously Oh, I can't remember any of them now. So long ago, what happened? Um, <laughs> I think I liked the Twilight Sad the best. Uh, yeah. That's the one that kind of, yeah. That's the one that I'll be following up on, I think. Yeah, it's a, it's a good choice. Um, I think for me it's probably, yeah, King Lizard and the uh, Impenetrable Gizzard. <laughs> <laughs> the Jizzing Wizard. <laughs> yeah. Um, check out one, check out two, check out three. Jesus, going wild. Well, come on, let's not go crazy here. Yeah. Only got a certain amount of time yeah. <laughs> during the day. The reality, reality of not getting paid is you have to go and work a soul destroying <laughs> job that you that you hate. Well, exactly. Rather than just sitting at home fingering your bum hole and making <laughs> podcasts, <laughs> which I've done five times already during the whole conversation, <laughs> so it's up to the audience to guess where. Uh, this is where you plug your Patreon, isn't it? If you want to pay Sam to finger his bumhole five times a day. <laughs> it is, yes. Well, thank you for reminding me there. So you can sign up and become a patron. <laughs> Go to patreon.com slash a new winter. And uh, as I mentioned in the show, um, I'm going to try and see if I could do uh, two episodes a month. That'll just be up there. Um, and that'll just be, uh, that'll be specific to how I'm feeling at that time. <laughs> so I'm going to do one on Tron and Tron Legacy. Um, so yeah, uh, look forward to that. And you can follow us on Instagram, at a new winter, Twitter, at a new winter, email us at newwinterpodcast.gmail.com. Dan, how can people find you? I'm on Instagram, Dreadful Discs. And yeah, soon to be on YouTube, Dreadful Discs. All the dread. Um, but that's it for today and yeah let us know uh, what you thought of the tracks and if you thought they were shit and if they were hits um, and anything else uh, that you may want to you know quiz us about and that's it for the episode today thanks very much for listening thanks everyone and goodbye bye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.